This podcast is brought to you by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. If you're interested in creating or expanding your podcast, find out more at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Join Ambiguous Podcast Solutions to bring your podcast to life. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Talking Toastmasters is a podcast all about Toastmasters members and how Toastmasters impacts their lives. You can find the Talking Toastmasters podcast at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show is hosted and produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Joining me today in studio is Lisa Callahan of Taunton, Mass. She is a relatively new member of Toastmasters who joined in August of 2020. Please help me welcome Lisa. Hi. Thanks for joining me today in studio. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So let's start at the beginning. How did you find out about Toastmasters and how did you find the club that you joined? Well, it was mentioned in college and then I didn't do anything about it. And then I did a Google search many years ago and I found some place in Fall River. I went there and um, person that ran it was not exactly friendly. And so I just said, well, I'm not coming back. And then I did another Google search later and I found spirited speakers and I have been happy as a pig in poop. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell us what the experience was like to go to your first Toastmasters meeting with spirited speakers. So much fun. It was, it was good. It was a lot of, it was, you're a welcoming bunch of people and I couldn't be happier. And someday I'll meet y'all in person. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. So what was the process like to join the club? It wasn't that difficult. Um, you know, you just pay your dues and you're in. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So tell me, tell myself and the listeners a little bit about what the first couple months were like. So you attended a meeting, you joined us in August. Tell us about the first couple months. Well, my first couple of speeches were kind of sketchy. At least they were for me. Everybody is very kind. And they're like, oh, you did well. You did well. But I am my worst enemy. I, you know, I'm the hardest on myself. Um, I do feel like I'm getting a lot better. Uh, I felt really good after my third speech, which I think is pretty good for uh, only doing three and then feeling comfortable. So I am hoping that uh, it will just keep getting better and better. Since I've been in the club, I'm trying to be like a third party here. I know it. I've watched you blossom over the last six months and really how. Was someone helping you through all that? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I happen to have no, no one. Well, um, 
no one as far as like family or anything goes, but I do have a mentor, Susan, uh, Suzanne. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the mentorship between you and Suzanne. Oh, she's great. She's like, she's like a sister type person. I mean, we just, you know, shoot the shit and it's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I love hearing that. That just like made my heart sing. (laughs) So what have you found to be the biggest challenge going from guest to giving your first speech to giving your third speech where you found that comfort? What was the biggest challenge for you? Biggest challenge was just nerves. And as soon as I got over them, I have a huge like speech process that I go through. I um I start with verbal vomit and I just write everything down that I could think of. And it doesn't matter what it is, I just write it all down. And then, then um, from that point, I just consolidate, consolidate, and consolidate. And then it starts to form into something. And then when I get to the index cards, we're getting close to the end. And then um, that's pretty much it. And I, I write so much that that's how I remember things, is I just write constantly over and over again. And I think I'm pretty good at it because I generally don't have cheat sheets. Well, thank you for that. Because you know what? I used to do that. I used to write, like I used to write out my speeches, bad idea on my part, but I used to write a lot and do the same thing as you narrow it down, outline it. So I think I need to go back to doing that actually. Thank you for the reminder. (laughs) I love the verbal vomit. That's probably one of my favorites. Well, yeah, that's what I call it. I'm full of uh, what similes or what? I don't know what that is. That's awesome. I love it. So you are about six months in. So tell us how your progression has been from August to January. I am starting on my second level. Ooh, tell us about the first level. When did you complete that? How long did it take you? Um, well, I've been in Toastmasters for about six months, so I guess six months. That's true. Well, maybe a little bit more than six months, seven months. You joined in August and you just finished what at the last meeting, the first meeting in February? Yeah. Okay. So you joined in August of 2020. You gave your first speech in either September or October. I happen to know all this because I'm the VP of PR of the club at the moment. and I keep track of the stuff who gives their first speech one and then you just finished up with the last part um yeah and I did my um evaluation and I enjoyed that and after I listened to Sean critique my critique of the evaluation I was um I was like yeah yeah I can understand where he's coming from and um I, I do. I think I'll do it again. And um, I would hope that I have some insight for someone else. I'm glad to hear you're going to do it again. And I, you actually just answered the question I was going to ask about what it was like to be an evaluator. 
it was a little nerve wracking right. being the first time I wasn't sure really what to write. Um, I didn't want to come across as a critical person, but I over didn't want to say, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. That was awesome. <laughs> well, so, we'll start somewhere. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but I like your interpretation of it. That's pretty cool. I, I do remember my first evaluation. I evaluated Stefano McGee, whom you met last August. He came to one of our meetings. And uh, it's a little nerve wracking in evaluating someone who's an experienced speaker, such as Stefano. So you did a fabulous job. I was there for it. So I can speak to that. Everybody starts somewhere and there's no such thing as a bad evaluation because the one sampling. The one thing that George said something to me that was like the best piece of information for me. And it was to just look at the camera. That was so great because if I just had tunnel vision and just looked at that camera, mm -hmm. I had perfect eye contact with everybody. I could look off to the side, but still looking at the camera, it was perfect. And then I didn't see you people. <laughs> not that you're not wonderful and friendly and absolutely great, but... During a speech, it helps so much just to look at the camera and just focus on that. And, but the bad thing is, is if I'm focusing on the camera, I'm not seeing the person with the cards, the red, yellow, and green, uh, green, yellow, and red cards. I just kind of have to pace myself and know that I'll be okay. Well, there is a trick to that. You can click on the three dots in that person's window and they'll be at the top of your screen and centered. We'll go over it in the next meeting. I'll make sure we do that. Okay. <laughs> um, timer cards. So the yellow, red, green, yellow, and red are the timer cards. So do you want to tell the listeners what the green, yellow, and red mean? Um, it's basically a time thing, a time limit thing. So you don't go over or you don't go under. If you go under your green, you, you really didn't complete it. But if you go over the red, but don't you have like a 30 second um, like grace period with the red? Yes, you do. Yep. So you can go a little bit over the red. Right. So all the speeches have a time frame from, let's say, five to seven minutes. So the green card goes up at five minutes, which is the minimum time. The yellow and stays up till the middle time, which was six minutes. And then the yellow stays up till the end time, which is seven minutes. And the, yellow, the red card stays up till you're done, whether you go 12 seconds over or two minutes over. And that I person holding the card your hand starts to get tired because I had to do that once and someone went five minutes over. So my wow. hand got a good workout. My arm did too. <laughs> that was in person. So I don't think I've gone beyond a um, the yellow. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. You're very well-timed, my friend. <laughs> I've been told I had good timing, except for when I was born. <laughs> when you were born, what were you, late or early? 
Uh, uh, no, just my arrival was uh, not pleasant. I was born in an ice storm. Oh, jeez. So I, my uh, um, parents always like to tell me, oh, when you were born, we had to drive through an ice storm. Oh, jeez. Well, it's a good story and a good way to remember. I was kind of young. I don't really remember. <laughs> good point. So speaking of your family, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, my dad has passed away. Mm-hmm. My mom is still alive and kicking. And um, she lives here in Taunton. She lives four and a half minutes away from me. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but so if I ever need to get to her for some reason, uh, you know, it wouldn't take me any time to get there. And I do my laundry. Because <laughs> the laundry machines here in, the, in my building just are horrible. The dryers don't work well, so I mooch off of mom. Hey, it gives you a chance to hang out that's with what, mom. That's what kids are for. Exactly. I do that, too. <laughs> I know, really. Don't let everybody know. <laughs> too late. It'll be a private secret. Just between. Okay. <laughs> so um, I feel like there's more to your family than your parents and you. I have a brilliant sister. She lives in New Jersey. She has four kids and she is the resident computer nerd. So any kind of computer questions we have, we have to ask her. But the down thing is she's deaf. So it's really difficult to, uh, to get her with her and the kids and everything like that. Um, Zoom doesn't help because she's a she's a lip reader and Zoom is not the best platform for her. And because she reads lips much better than um, she does sign language, the um, quality isn't all the all the great for that. I have a brother that sometimes we have some issues, but I I, I still hope for the best. But he is a brilliant designer. He works with graphic design and he is amazing. The the designs that come from him is fantastic. He does lettering and vehicle wraps and everything. I used to help him out with doing little um, uh, detailing for letter wraps and Uh, a full wrap. And let me tell you, a person that does a detail, you really need to tip them well, because if it's a good detail, it's very labor intensive. For um, any kind of like decals um, on a vehicle, like you see the vehicles that are like just covered up by uh, advertisement. Yep. The vehicle has to be prepped and cleaned with denatured alcohol. And you do that with a paper towel. I know. Crazy. When she said, you do that with a paper towel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't have that kind of patience. <laughs> well, you know what? Just bring your phone, have audible or, you know, listen to the radio and 
and you have to do it. You have to do it with a white paper towel that doesn't have a lint, a lot of lint. You spray it down and you wipe it off and you wipe it until the paper towel's still white. Some of the cars come in filthy. Other cars come in, you know, gone through a wa- you know, a car wash, but they're still dirty. It's amazing how filthy cars get as they, you know, as we drive them. You have a brilliant sister in New Jersey, brilliant brother, and I know I met another sibling. She is my stepsister. Okay. Uh, I might as well call her my sister. We grew up together. And um, like I told you, she, she has the most amazing house. Absolutely beautiful. I call it the resort. <laughs> if, she could, if she had room to like take on like a guest for a B&B, it, it would be, it's an absolute beautiful house. Absolute beautiful house. It's reminiscent of... Um, a, uh, a Japanese house and it has a beautiful, beautiful yard. Oh my gosh. Absolutely beautiful. Well, that's awesome. You sounds like you have a wonderful family, Lisa. It does, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you paused and pondered that for a moment. <laughs> it does sound like I have a wonderful family <laughs> until we have our interactions. <laughs> Well, I'm sure they'll be pleased to hear all these wonderful things you said about them, for sure. I think they'll probably think that somebody from outer space has taken over my body. (laughs) (sighs) So let's go back to Toastmasters for a minute, because you gave a speech in project two and you gave it twice because that's part of project two. Give the speech, take the evaluation and prove it. And yeah. all about standing up for people, which I totally was floored when I heard your speech. I was totally enamored both times. Tell us a little bit more about standing up for people and how that's made an impact in your life. I have always um, liked to stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves because I know this is going to sound very like, oh, poor me. But I, I kind of don't think that people have really stood up for me. So I don't, I don't know. I, I enjoy it because I was in high school, that bully that was going to give the uh, haircut with the razor blade. I just stood up, literally stood up in the seat that I was in and I stepped over. I stepped over the aisleway. I stepped over into the next seat and I looked down at him and I'm like, I, I don't know if I dropped an F-bomb or what, but I said, no, you're not. And I, to this day, I wish I could find that kid. I don't know what happened after I left the bus. I was so mad. And quite honestly, I, the bus driver, when I went up to the front of the bus and I sat down and he asked me, he says, do you want to get off the bus? I think he was afraid that I was going to like, there was going to be a fight or something. And so I, you know, I got off the bus and I ended up walking home, which was probably a good thing because I was super pissed. (laughs) 
And, and I, um, <laughs> I walked up. I wish I knew that kid's name. You know, I don't know if I made a huge difference or, I, you know, I don't know. I would love to have known, you know, known him, but. Um, well, what town were you in? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Plainville. Okay. But, uh, the bus picked me up in Brentham and we drove Walpole. It was a huge thing for me. Wow. Um, all right, so yeah. if the story sounds familiar and you are that kid that she stood up for, get in touch with me so I can connect you. <laughs> that would be great. If you're ever a girl standing up for you on the school bus, that's awesome. You never know. Maybe we'll find him for you. That would be great. I would love to see him again. I'd love to know what he's up to and, and everything. Uh, I have no desire to see pretty much anybody in my high school year because I was it was a time in my life that I did not like at all I tend to try to keep the past you know in a box closed up tight and just shoved way in the back of storage well I'm glad you opened it up and took this one piece this one story out to share with all of us I really appreciate that that really it was nice to hear someone just standing up for someone like that. And a girl standing up for a boy, even better. <laughs> so what's been your favorite role in Toastmasters so far? Um, I like the uh, word of the day because it challenges me to find something new. Um. Yours was the only word that I actually used in the, in a speech in in one of the speeches that I was giving. It was ameliorate. Ameliorate. Amelia, yeah. Ameliorate. Is that <laughs> ameliorate? I try to remember the word. Yeah. And no, it was when it was part of that speech. Uh, it was when I, um, when I was doing the day in court, and. Um, Actually, I just gave synopsis of that day. That day I was sitting in the court and um, the, he was like, oh, is Lisa here? And I was like craning my neck. I was like, I was like, a, a, if I could be a giraffe and I was like stretching my neck as much as I could to like say, yes, it's me, it's me. But I couldn't, I was in a courtroom. I had to be like somewhat you know, cooperative and quiet. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I just, but it, it just infuriated uh, Bill's attorney and him. And I just thought it was fantastic. And I, and I made a difference by basically not saying anything. But when we left the courtroom, uh, there was a woman that appro was approaching my friend and I literally put my body in the, in the path of her coming to talk to her. And I was like, and I just stopped her and I said, and you are, <laughs> and she, she just was like, uh, you must be Lisa. I was like, Yes, I am. And you are? 
And she was like, wow, she is so lucky to have a friend like you. <laughs> I was like, yes, but what do you want with her? And she told me and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, yes, I am the gatekeeper. <laughs> That's awesome, Lisa. You are such a loyal and great friend from the stories you told me and from all accounts so far. Uh, but my favorite one was my ex-husband. And I didn't even know what I did until years later when I went to college. What about the, um, when uh, I saved his job and I didn't know it? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Would yeah. you tell the listeners about that one? Oh, it was, um, he suffered. You don't, He's no too much detail. you don't have to go into too much detail. I just kind of wanted to synopsize like the little piece of the speech that you gave us. Well, yeah. The um, human resources was basically trying to get rid of him. And uh, he had a diagnosis of clinical depression and anxiety. And I just listened to her just rant and rave and everything. And so I was, then I was like, mm, no, I've had enough of this. And then I just said, look, if you're thinking you're going to fire him, think again. You know, there's this little thing called the ADA and we'll stop you. And she changed her tune and, oh, everything was just puppies and rainbows. <laughs> and you were a teenager, right? You were like in high school when this happened, right? Uh, no, I wasn't in high school. I was uh, probably in my late 20s when this happened. Because okay. it was before I got married. I got married at 30. And yeah, all of a sudden she was all like, oh, we love right here. You know, <laughs> you always have a job here. I looked at her and I said, ah, good to know. And then we, you know, and we left and we went back to, back to his house. And, but I didn't know what I did until like years later, I took um, a class in management and we were going over human resources and it's illegal <clears throat> to fire a person that has a disability or a diagnosis of like cancer, heart attack, diabetes, depression, anxiety. You can't be fired for that. And if you do, you get a hold of the ADA and they'll kick their ass. It, your job will be fine. And, and I, say, I saved a job and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that and I didn't even know. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yay. All right. So um, we're so I know at our very first meeting of the year, because I was table topics master and I love being table topics master at the beginning of either the calendar year or the Toastmasters year, because my favorite topic is goals. So I know you set a couple of goals for yourself for 2021. Where do you see yourself with Toastmasters in two years? In two years, I want to be at least halfway through my through the path that I'm on. I would like to see that. Well, that's attainable for sure. In my humble opinion. I mean, I always go low and reach higher. All right. Push yourself. I, I will try. 
Because you're I, already I, one fifth of the way there. So you only have like, I can't do this quick math in my head, three tenths to go. So once you're in level three, or maybe a little bit towards the end of level three, you'll be halfway there. And you're starting level two. This is so exciting. Uh, what path did you choose? It was, <laughs> it was the one with, um, I can't think of the name of it. Um, I was going to go with humor, but I decided not to. I thought this one would be good. It, <clears throat> it was a word that just resonated with me. Obviously, it didn't resonate too much because I can't think of it. But um, I do remember it said something about uh, emotional intelligence. Maybe that's what. Um, maybe that's what it. What the words were that um, got me. And my next speech is supposed to be about communication styles. Nice. I'm looking forward so to I'm that. I'm working on it. But I was going to do it in the fashion of a certain way, but I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to probably do what I did with my, my uh, identity theft one and just totally rewrite it. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, so um, visionary communication, innovative planning, dynamic leadership, motivational strategies, not, um, um, motivational strategies, that's what I'm doing. Because motivational strategies does have that one in it. I'm, I'm cheating here and I'm looking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so tell us what your greatest challenge has been thus far in Toastmasters. I mean, you're only six months in, which is really remarkable that you've completed level one already and you're diving into level two. So what's been your biggest challenge? Having too much to say about, about things and having to cut things down so I don't, you know, go beyond red. I can appreciate so I that challenge. I guess that's a good problem. It is. I can totally appreciate that. That's awesome. You, you're doing a great job. I wouldn't have known that if we hadn't talked about it. So why don't we flip the tables and let you ask Angela almost anything? I know that you do real estate. Yes? Okay. Yes. Okay. So tell me, in um, what... I live in a condo. Well, it's really an apartment building that was turned into condos. But um, what do people look for? Um, what um, are they looking for? New appliances, uh, updates, or, or are they looking for fuel efficiency? Or what is it? Well, the ironic thing is I do commercial real estate, not residential real estate. Oh. But I live in an apartment-style condo. My parents have a condo. My brother has a condo. So I have a clue. I am a little unique in that I refurnished half my condo because it was built in 1962 and still stuck in the 60s. Um, mm -hmm. Today's people want some of the people, buyers. I can't speak highly to this, but I can... I have enough insight that either they're going to come in and do what they want to do or 
they want higher end stuff like the granite countertops. I don't even know what I have for countertops, quite frankly. I think they'll laminate. It beats me. I don't know the difference really. <laughs> um, I think it really depends on what they are looking for, the, the individual buyer and where they want to be. Um, like mine's a walk up. I'm on the third floor of three floors. So there's no elevator. Ah. No amenities here. So amenities could be an issue. So, you know, you'd probably want to talk to a residential real estate broker or a real estate salesperson and uh, get that from them. But if you want to ask me another question, you are more than welcome to do so. Okay. Well, gee, I was like all excited about that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a condo lover myself. So I get it. I'm not. There's like, there's no yard. There's no privacy. I have, uh, I have a neighbor um, on the other side of me that I can hear every F-ball, every fight, every, oh, no. oh, it's horrible. You think of, that was my, that was my big question. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Tell me something that the group doesn't know. Something quirky, something interesting. Something quirky. Um, oh, something quirky about me. This is a tough one, Lisa. (laughs) Oh, you're going to be a good table topics master. I can feel it. Something quirky about me. I was thinking about doing that. I've had some ideas of what I'd like to do with that. Awesome. I'd love to see you do that. So, okay. I came up with something. I like to be in the middle of like three or four books or magazines at the same time. So between the Toastmasters magazine, the Rotarian magazine in three or four books, I'm constantly in the middle. I just need to be able to, depending upon my mood, what I want to read. If I want to get lost in a book I don't read too many novels where I just get lost in the book, but sometimes I do. I want to have one of those kind of like right at my bedside and ready to go. My Rotarian magazine. Well, I like to, I like to hold it physically in my hand. Oh, see. I'm fashioned. I'm, I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm from the wrong generation. I am like old school. I love the carpets. Going back to the condo question. Uh. Carpeting. I love holding the magazine or the book in my hand and reading it and having it all crinkled up and bring it to the beach with me and reading it at the beach. So I love to be in the middle of three or four magazines and books at the same time. And I actually am in the middle of five, six books right now, five books and two magazines. Yes. I'm always in the middle of a Toastmasters magazine and a Rotary magazine. And then I got two health books going and then three other books. Uh, see, uh, when Audible came out, I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is a platform for me because I don't like to read. It's very painful for me to read. Really? When I was a kid, I had a hard time with um, just the comprehension and the retention of reading was just absolutely horrible. So if I could hear it I, and I could hear it over and over again, it helped and that and writing helps so yeah and in doing in kinesthetic but um 
What's yeah, so when Audible came out, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my God. What's kinesthetic? Kinesthetic is uh, learning by doing. I'm, I'm a bit kinesthetic then. Hey, a future word of the day. <laughs> See, I just learned something new from you. I didn't know what kinesthetic <laughs> meant, but I've been living it most of my life. <laughs> a lot of people are kinesthetic. They're, uh, they're also very like emotional. It's an emotional way of communication. Um, uh, like, well, that must make you feel really bad. How, how does that make, it's almost like when you're a, if you go to school to be a counselor or something like that, I can see, I can just envision um, uh, the kinesthetic bedside manner for counseling 101. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about that I may not have asked you about? Has the hour already gone by? Well, not quite, but um, I'm running out of questions. You're just uh, so awesome. You were answering questions before I even asked them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are, let me see if I can ask you a couple of Toastmasters questions. What is a role in Toastmasters that you'd like to do in the next year? Well, I want to do the evaluator again. I think I'll, I'll get better at that. Um, I like to do the table topics because I have some uh, I have some stuff up my sleeve that I'd like to give that a try. Um, I'm not sure if I want to do any of the leadership just yet. You know, give me time. I might I might in the you know in the distant future. Um, I'd like, uh, the grammarian. That's fun. The awe counter. Oh my gosh. I remember when I made a huge faux pas with the awe because it came out saying so funny. It came out so weird. I was like, oh, and I am the awe queen. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't really remember that, but that's okay. Because I know at the time it probably went over. It was a pun, basically. You didn't realize you were the Yes, that's what it was. But then after I said yeah, it, I remember I, that. people, I was like, oh, uh, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Oops. Maybe I should have had a crown or something with me. <laughs> that's awesome. That is fantastic. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've, I've loved learning about you. I can't wait to see you as a table topics master, evaluate again, do word of the day, kick butt on your current path. Yes. Any advice for people who are thinking about joining Toastmasters? Oh my God, do it. Okay. <laughs> it's well, thank you. Find yourself a club and do it. It's, and you meet awesome people. Y'all have the same, the same goal uh, to make each other better. Um, it's, it's a great thing. I wish I, I found it a lot earlier. I wish I was like George and have been in there, you know, since the dark ages. <laughs> the dark ages. I won't tell him you said that. Although. Okay. <laughs> 
There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> but my lips are sealed otherwise. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Good luck with your journey. Had, I've had an awesome time. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Ness. Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Talking Toastmasters. And subscribe at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com slash Talking Toastmasters. Talking Toastmasters is produced and hosted by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions.